We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast for Thursday, June 9th. We're going to be breaking down a, a, a nine game slate for you. We got two day games and seven night games, uh, seven during the main slate. So we'll run that down in just a sec. But I am your host, James Seltzer. Let me welcome in my co host for tonight, Mr. John McKechnie. What's going on, John? How you doing, James? It's good to good to finally be hosting a pod with you, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I've been uh, I've been rocking out with Benny Ricciardi, and I got a chance to work with Jake Latarski for the first time yesterday. And uh, Jake Ski, lo- looking forward to working with you for the first time as well. So this is good stuff. I-, I got a couple Wisconsin guys in a row here, so you can't go wrong with the Scannies. Actually, though, I am a Maryland native. I'm just up here, uh, you know by the fortune of, of the good people that that hired me up here but I am a Maryland native. Nice. All right, so I'm I'm in Philly. So you're you're more my neck of the woods. You didn't sound like you had the the Wisconsin accent that much. I just assumed cuz you were out there. Yeah, I've managed to managed to hold off from uh from having that accent luckily, but uh I don't know how much longer I'll be able to hold out. It's tough. It's tough when you're you're surrounded by it, submerged in it, you know? It's like uh, another language or something. <laughs> Well, awesome. We're about to get into it. Let's run down this slate real quick, and then we'll jump in and break down every game for you. Uh, the day slate starts out 2.05 start in Texas as uh, the Astros are in town. Battle f- for Texas uh, ending here as the series uh, comes down to its last game here. Colin McHugh uh, with his 4.970 RA heading in to take on the lefty Martin Perez for the Rangers. Uh, then at 510, the only other uh, of the old day slate that will not be a part of the main slate. Uh, Pirates heading into Colorado, so some course field action if you're going to do an all day slate. Jeff Locke, the lefty for the Pirates, taking on the righty Chad Bettis for the Rockies. Then we get to the main slate. We've got 
Uh, 7.05 start in New York as the Angels head in town. Julius Chassin pitching for the Angels, taking on Ivan Nova for the Yanks. A couple of righties there. And then we head out to a 7.07 start in Toronto as we've got Tyler Wilson, the righty for the Orioles, taking on Marcus Stroman for the Blue Jays. There's some, some bad blood going on in that series. That's always fun. Uh, and then we head out to Cincinnati, 7.10 start as the Cardinals are in town. Adam Wainwright looking to to get back on track, has really struggled this year, taking on the lefty Brandon Finnegan for the Reds. Uh, and then we head out to the 8-10 starts. Uh, eight, we have three 8-10 starts this evening. Uh, first one in Chicago, we had a little interleague action here as the Nationals are in town. Gio Gonzalez against Miguel Gonzalez. We got a, a battle for the Gonzalez's there, uh, lefty-righty matchup there. Then we head out to Milwaukee, another 8-10 start. Jimmy Nelson for the Brewers, taking on big fat Bartolo Colon for the Mets. Always fun to see that guy pitch and hit and all that. Uh, and then we head out to the last 8-10 start in Minnesota. We've got Tom Kohler, the righty for the Marlins, heading in to take on Big Irv. Irvin Santana for the uh, Twins, a couple of uh, struggling pitchers there, you'd say. And then we uh, head out, round out the night, 10-10 uh, start in Seattle as the Indians. Josh Tomlin is 8-1 record on the line, going in to take on Nate Carnes, another battle of righties there. So, John, let, let's just dive right in here. Let's start out at the uh, 205 start here in the battle for Texas as uh, the Rangers have really uh, had their way so far. The majority, they are winning the series so far. So um, we've got a, a couple of, uh, and just in general, before we jump in here, just a very, very lackluster pitching slate today. It's really hard to find anyone you can trust on, so I'm sure that'll be a theme throughout. But uh, we got Colin, yeah, right? We got uh, Colin McHugh taking on uh, Martin Perez here. What, what, what interests you in this game? I mean, the, the, this one and the and the Colorado Pittsburgh game are, are kind of the only two games that if if they were anywhere else on the slate, I'd I'd probably just stick to like the main event. But the, these two games are probably like two of the most uh, deep in terms of fantasy, in terms of uh, you know hitters that you can target and stack. Obviously, you got a game at Coors, you got a game at Globe Life uh, Park, so you know you got. A lot to like offensively here and really not a whole lot to see pitching-wise. Uh, Martin Perez has actually been a little bit better uh, than than you might expect. He's coming in at 7,500, so, you know, obviously you're not paying up for much there. Uh, but he's a lefty, and the Astros actually have, have really struggled against left-handers. Uh, they have the second-worst K rate against Southpaws this season, striking out over a quarter of the time. Uh, and they've also struck out the third most in the majors over the last month at 24.4%. So that, you know, if you want to go with the cheap pitcher route, not that you can really go with the with the Madison Bumgarner or Clayton Kershaw type of expensive pitcher in this one, but you know, if you're going with Perez here, there there's there are some factors kind of going uh, to his benefit here. Uh, hmm. But I mean, are you going to use either guy like a, a McHugh here? Struggles, struggles on the road. Uh, struggles both against righties and lefties, or a guy like Perez, who, you know, is facing a pretty potent lineup. Yeah, it's a really tough call. To be honest, I think I'm not taking either of the pitchers in this game if I can avoid it. Uh, again, you know, I don't really want to take any pitchers pitching today, but um, as far as it goes, I think I'm going to avoid this game. I like a lot of the bats. You know, Odor is still priced very reasonably. He's been real hot since coming back. I think he's at 2900 um, I like George Springer, even at 4000 You know, I feel like, yeah, against the lefty, I feel like he could be the highest-priced outfielder on the board, and he's, you know, 
500 cheaper than that today, uh, especially with a uh, uh, you know a lighter slate. I like Mazzara at 3100 against McHugh. So there, there, I think there's a lot of value in the offenses in this game. Uh, but I, I would be leery about starting any of the pitchers. So, um, all right, but another game, you know, if you like pitchers, stay away from this one. Five ten start in Colorado. So, you know, it's Colorado. You know, you pretty much start everyone, but uh, with Locke and Bettis, two pitchers who have struggled, um, who who stands out to you, especially at the prices? Well, you're you're looking at the prices, and, and FanDuel is always pretty smart to to adjust their, their cores batters the properly. Bump. I mean, you got Cargo at 4,500. Like you were saying, Springer's a guy that could easily, in terms of points, be the, be like the most productive or, or warrant the most expensive price tag amongst outfielders uh, on Thursday. But Cargo looks a little bit lost to the dish to me. I think he had the golden sombrero uh, last night in L.A. Didn't look very good. Looked pretty lost at the plate. So I'm probably going to avoid him. I'm going to – I mean, this game, it does have that intrigue and. In, you got two pretty weak pitchers, so you know you kind of have to weigh it amongst yourself. Like, do you want to really just load up on this game? And yeah, I mean, it certainly could work out for you, but do you think that like the percentage ownership is going to be tough to kind of differentiate yourself if you're stacking all these Pirates against against uh, Bettis or all these Rockies against Locke? Yeah, I agree. It's tough to do, especially if you're doing you know like when you've only got the the two hundred five and the five ten. You know, I think. You know, personally, I usually stay away from the all-day slate just because you can't really predict lineups and who's going to be sitting out and whatnot, what values will be there. And the weather, absolutely. Um, But if you are doing it, you know, I I think if you're playing an all-day slate, it makes sense to get those earlier guys in because you can have those factors kind of, uh, you know, already taken care of, even though you might not get the advantage of the later guys as much. But um, I, I agree. I think the pricing is really fair for this game. Uh, I like Nick Hunley at 2,900 righty lefty matchup there just because catcher is really light today. I think that's a decent price for the upside of him playing at home. Um, Para has been better against left-handed pitching or excuse me. Yeah. Against left-handed pitching this season. Um, you know, you don't know if that continues, but Jeff Locke is not very intimidating. So, uh, you know, I, I could see getting any of the bats and I like Polanco even at 4,100, uh, against a righty. He's obviously been great. Um, but again, I think you're right that the, I don't think you're going to find a ton of value in there like you might at other times. Uh, all right, let's head on to that main slate 705 start leading us off as uh, we've got those New York Yankees hosting the Angels. And uh, I've said this to Benny Ricciardi before, uh, pitching for the Angels, my favorite name to say in baseball with the Julius Chassin. You know, it's just, it's fun. Yeah, you can have fun with it. You know, it's good. And then Ivan Nova, a little less exciting. But uh, uh, both guys who've struggled. Uh, is this another game where, where can you trust either of these guys? Or, or in New York, assuming you're, you're probably going to try and find some bats instead? Yeah, initially I was definitely leaning towards more just the bats. But uh, I did a little bit of digging. And Nova actually uh, has has been pretty good at home this year. He's got a, he's got a which is surprising, you know, Yankee Stadium, kind of a bandbox. Uh, he's got a 2-2-2 ERA and a 107 wow. whip at home. So, that you know, those are numbers that, you know, at this point in the season, they're not a complete fluke, at least. I mean, I don't think that he's he's actually quite up to the, to those numbers, but, I mean, that, that's still a very solid, uh, you know, indicator. He's pretty comfortable pitching in those confines. Uh, Chassin, though, 
you know, he's got the advantage of being a lefty, and a lot of the Yankees' bats are left-handed, so they can be a little bit hamstrung with it with their lineup choices on Thursday. So, you know, like a guy like Brett Gardner or or Jacoby Ellsbury, you're not sure if if Girardi's going to kind of just flip flip things around in that lineup. So, like you said, if, especially if you're doing the all-day slate, you, you're really going to be kind of gambling on some of those Yankees lefties remaining in the lineup. Uh, but as far as hitters. I'm a big Cole Calhoun uh, guy these days. I think that short porch really plays to his favor in Yankee Stadium. He's a left-handed bat, hits in a really favorable part of the lineup. Uh, let's see what he's priced at. He's at he's at 3,900, so he's definitely not as cheap as you would like a guy like Calhoun to be. But he's got Trout behind him. I I think that I'm definitely going to put him in all of my lineups. But outside of him. Uh, I'm struggling to find a whole lot of value in this game in terms of the bats. What do you think? Yeah, I have a really similar read there. Like just going through and looking at the pricing. I mean, Brett Gardner is 3,600, like Ellsbury 3,500. Like, I think, I guess I'd rather have Ellsbury for a hundred cheaper, but I mean, it's just, it, I, I agree. Like a lot of these, the guys you think you might want are not necessarily very good values. I mean, maybe a upside play on Didi Gregorius at 2300 you know, if you need to He can actually hit in. lefties better than you'd think he can as a left-handed bat himself. He, I think he, he's one of those weird cases where he, he can actually see the ball off the left-handed pitcher a little bit better than he does the righties, it seems. Yeah, he's been, been really good against them this year so far, but... um. Uh, either way, I, I'm with you. I don't see a lot of uh, a lot of value offensively in this one. Or, you know, I like the Nova call, especially with those home numbers. And look, Chasin's I think fifty nine hundred dollars or something. So, you know, you could do worse for uh, for a hail mary play or two if you want to go for a, a you know kind of counterintuitive play there. All right, let's uh, move on. Seven oh seven start. Let's stick with a a couple of AL East teams here. Is uh, Tyler Wilson and the Orioles heading to town to take on the Blue Jays and Marcus Stroman, who is uh, certainly not lived up to the billing this season as the team's ace. But uh, what do you think about this one? Does Stroman, uh, you know, as far as it goes on a day with these types of of rough pitching slates, Stroman probably has as much talent as anyone on the board. But you know, do you, the Orioles have been hitting? So where do you kind of stand on this one? Yeah, I'm probably going to leave Stroman alone. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you that he he probably has that upside that that you like, especially on, on a day where you're just sort of uh, wading through the garbage to to find the right value pitcher. But uh, his numbers at home have been pretty atrocious. He's got a six three nine ERA and a one five five WHIP at home, so those aren't particularly encouraging numbers, especially when the Orioles are coming to town. Uh, and then Wilson on the other side, if you, if you look at his road numbers. He's got a 3.43 ERA and a, and a WHIP of just 1.0, but that's only a 21 inning sample. So, so you really got to take that with a grain of salt and consider that he definitely has not faced a lineup uh, like Toronto's. And Toronto looks like they're starting to heat up a little bit. So, I think there are some bats to be had in this game. Obviously, uh, you know, anytime there's an AL East clash that that doesn't involve the Rays, I think there's going to be a lot of bats in play. Uh, I really like Chris Davis. I think the most out of this one, uh, he's at 3,500 at first base. Uh, he's coming off of like a day, an off day. Buckshaw Alter kind of gave him the day off, uh, rest some sort of nagging soreness. And he's going to be batting in his favorite uh, stadium that's not that's never been his home park, so not Globe Life or Camden Yards. He has 13 career home runs there and a slash line of 329, 429, 699 at the mm. Rogers Center. Wow. So I mean, the dude mashes there. I, I, I don't know if it's the poutine or what, but <laughs> he really 
he likes it up there. Uh, I'm definitely going to ride with him. I know that uh, there is the boom or bust that is just part of taking Chris Davis in your lineup. He's going to strike out at least once, but, you know, he might just uh, hammer a home run with a giant shaw in as well. So I'm definitely going to roll with him. Uh, I mean, we're looking at who else we're we looking at. We're looking at Josh Donaldson at 3,900. Anytime you can get Donaldson under four, especially when he's starting to hit, he, he came up just shy of the cycle today, I believe, against Jordan Zimmerman. So you you like the the trajectory there. Um, but I mean, what what else are you looking at as far as hitters in this matchup? I can't even think anymore since you mentioned poutine. It's all I can think about now. Like, my mind is off. It's going to be a terrible job by me for the rest of this podcast. Um, no, I, I, th- I think you hit a lot of the, the, the things I was, I was looking at there. I, I agree on not wanting to roll Stroman out there. He just hasn't looked right this season and, and has really struggled. And, and this Baltimore lineup is just too good. I feel like on a day with, with this many rough you know options at pitcher, you almost want to, you know, play the matchup as much as any other day. So uh, I'm going to avoid that as well. Michael Saunders uh, against the righties, one of the few names he didn't mention that uh, for 3,300, I think in that ballpark is a, is a decent value. Uh, but otherwise, I think you kind of hit on, on the vast majority of the, the contacts that I was uh, going with there. And I don't think I'd be willing to pony up for Tyler Wilson, even though I, Suppose he could be a contrarian play. Uh, all right, let's move on. Seven ten, last of the seven o'clock starts there. As we've got a, a you know formerly would have been the best pitcher on the board easily, and Adam Rainwright for the Cardinals, who's just been having a rough season, and then uh, Brendan Finnegan going for the Reds lefty, uh, uh, who's been you know better than a, a vast majority of the pitchers on the slate today, but far from dominant. Uh, uh, where are you leaning in this one, especially with St. Louis's offense just humming right now? Yeah, the St. Louis offense is really humming, and you got to love the fact that you're going to get Matt Carpenter's bat eligible at the second base position. That's something that I just noticed that I think uh, is a bit of a game changer in terms of how I'm going to uh, roll my lineups out there. He's 4,200. That's obviously expensive, and he's facing a lefty, but I think he's pretty comfortable hitting in the in the Great American Ballpark, uh, and you know I think he's going to be. He's going to be probably leading off uh, with a really kind of hot lineup behind him. So I think there's a, there's a pretty good chance that he's definitely going to hit value for you there. Uh, I'm definitely not going to pay up for Wayno at, at 8000 just because, like we've said, struggled a little bit um, this season. Should be the best pitcher on the board, but at this at this point in the season, he is what it is, and he's probably just not worth worth targeting, especially with the Reds who are you know similarly uh, really hot right now. I mean, Adam Duvall... He's, I can't believe he's only 3,600. Doesn't he have like 15 home runs since yeah, the start dude. of May or he's something? He's got like eight in the last like week and a half or even shorter, I think. He's been white hot. Yeah, he's just outrageous at the moment. So, uh, yeah, the, I think this is definitely a game where, you, where you're going to want to target the hitters again. I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but, I mean, every time we go through one of these games and you look at the pitchers, you're just like, oh, my God, like which stack do I want the most? Yeah. Uh, what else you got? I mean, you got – Eugenio Suarez at 3100. He's been heating up a little bit, and that that's not not really breaking the bank at 3100 for your third baseman. Uh, Aledmus Diaz and Cozart both 3500. So kind of like your upper tier uh, shortstop, middle infield guys. Usually, I like to play play for value a little bit more at shortstop if I'm not going the the Correa Machado route. So not sure if I'll end up squeezing either of those guys in. Uh, I do like Holiday a good bit, you know, righty-lefty matchup there. Um, I don't know. What else are you looking at? 
I'm looking at Johnny Peralta at $2,200. He homered again last night. Um, is just uh, has looked decent since coming back, batting over 400. You know, very, very, very small sample size, but uh, has always been better against left-handed pitching. Uh, and just at 2,200 at third base, that you know, batting just in that lineup against the lefty, I just I feel like that's such a good value. Um, I like Piscotti at 3,800 against the lefty. He's just been raking against left-handers. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I like Joey Votto at 3,400. Kind of based on the way the first base slate breaks out, it's kind of a it's a decent price. Better against he hasn't been very good, but he's starting to seemingly heat up a little bit. It looks like, uh, and obviously Wayno, as we said, has been just pretty bad. So uh, I feel like uh, going with Votto there is uh, is a decent call as well. All right, before we move on to the 8-10 slate or 8-10 games, we've got three of them and then a 10-10. Let me. Remind everyone the MLB season is here, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to Fandle.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. It's, it's great because you don't have to worry about injuries. You know, if someone gets hurt, they're out of your lineup the next day. You know, you can... You know, look at all the values and, and just try and find the best. It's fun because it's like a new team every day and you, and you don't have to get bogged down by someone in a slump. It's just, it's a really fun way and it's a fun companion to season long as well. Like you could do both. Like they're both really, really fun. So uh, uh, join the over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never late, too late to join. You can come play with me and John every day over at FanDuel.com. Just go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner to use my code RW pod to sign up now special offer for new users get a free six-month rotowire subscription with a 25 dollars deposit you must sign up with my code rwpod that's rwpod for over a 60 dollars value for just 25 dollars again don't forget to use my code rwpod at fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's fanduel.com f-a-n-d-u-e-l Dot com sign up today. All right, let's get into this 810 uh, starts here. Let's start in Chicago. As we said before, the uh, the title of the, the best Gonzalez pitching in Chicago tomorrow night is up for grabs. And uh, between Gio the lefty and Miguel the righty, uh, obviously Gio uh, better than Miguel, but uh, Gio struggled a lot lately. Uh, where, where are you kind of leaning in this one? Yeah, you just don't like to see the Gio... A guy like Gio, who's been lit up over his last few starts, he's averaged uh, six runs allowed over over his last three starts, and he's still the highest-priced guy on the board tonight. So really kind of steering away from him a little bit. And then you got a guy in Miguel Gonzalez that uh, got bumped out of the rotation. Now he's back in from some extenuating circumstances. This might be a spot start. Uh, so you're, you're not really... Uh, confident in how far he's going to be able to go into the game. And you don't really like his win probability right now as well, which is something that you that can kind of like make up your mind for you a little bit in terms of uh, going for these value pitchers. So Miguel Gonzalez probably only going to get, get like four, maybe five innings out of him at most. And, you know, the strikeouts aren't going to be there either. And frankly, the the Nationals look like they like a sleeping giant that has been awakened this week. As we speak, I think James Shields is giving up more home runs uh, <laughs> like right this second. He seriously might be. Um, so 
that that national the nationals bats are kind of going to be what I'm looking for mostly in this one, uh, especially a guy like Danny Espinosa and his crazy beard. He's only 3100 at the shortstop position, so that's more in the in the price range that I'm looking for uh, with that sort of pop upside a little bit here and, and in a dangerous lineup that, that like I said is really heating up and then of course you got your Daniel Murphy's and your your Bryce Harper's Bryce is back up to where he should be in the in the 4100 range uh Jason Worth 3600 don't like that price for a guy like for a guy like Worth uh what are you looking at as far as uh, Nationals hitters or uh White Sox hitters here uh, very similar to a lot of what you said. I like Ben Revere, 2,700, hitting atop the lineup against the righty. Uh, always that potential to get you a steal or two, which can add up points pretty quickly. Um, outside of that, I do like Harper and Murphy, and, and depending on how you're building your lineup, I would be fine paying up for those guys uh, in this matchup. Um, and again, you know, I would be fine uh, getting a few White Sox in there too because Geo just doesn't look right, and, and whether it's Abreu who is uh, pretty reasonably priced. He hasn't been great lately, but, you know, when you're getting the opportunity, what's Abreu at 3200 I mean, that's a, that's a nice price for the upside. Um you know, uh, Todd Frazier is not cheap. Obviously, he's 3900 but he mashes left-handed pitching So, uh, and has obviously been really good. So I, I think there's uh, another game. It's funny. We're, we're struggling to find a, uh, a pitcher you can start, but we're like I think the, the light is at the end of the tunnel okay. next game. Here I think we go. I might have I the guy for it. I feel the same way. My, I think we might have the favorite, uh, fa- same favorite pitcher on the board as uh, – as it's not, uh, for me at least, big fat Bartolo Colon, who I don't hate, but uh, heading into Milwaukee against Jimmy Nelson, who uh, could be a good play today. What do you think there, John? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jimmy Nelson. You know, obviously living up here, I, I watch most of his starts. And at 7,800, I think that's the best combo uh, of value and upside that we're going to have on the, on the board tonight. So I, I really like Jimmy, and I like the fact that he's at home. Uh, over the last, over the last, uh, or at home, uh, his last three starts, he's had four combined earned runs in 22 and two thirds innings pitch. That's pretty dominant stuff, if you ask me. And then you really got to factor in that the the Mets. Do you know what's going on with them? Because they, their offense seems to have just completely <laughs> gone to sleep. Con- Conforto just doesn't look right. Uh, Cespedes, you know, he's he admitted earlier this week he's kind of feeling iffy with with the kind of pre-existing hip thing uh so you you're you get the advantage of of a Mets team that is mired in a pretty massive slump and that you know they'll have just played coming off of three games played in a two-day stretch and they got to turn around and fly up to Milwaukee so they're going to be a little bit logie I think Nelson is a guy that can take advantage of that kind of lineup that kind of swing and miss lineup uh rack up some strikeouts so it's 7800 I really like him uh, and then, you know, on the flip side, you know, the Brewers, Brewers players, Brewers hitters uh, tend to be their prices tend to jump all across the board because they seem to be a team that, that is all or nothing. You know, Chris Carter uh, the other night mashes two home runs, uh, puts up forty seven point nine FanDuel points. Uh, I don't think he even comes close to that combined in his previous nine games. So that, that kind of gives you a read on, on on the sort of volatility of that lineup. So. And that's not to say that Cologne is a guy that's really going to take advantage of it. I know that Cologne's, I don't know how he's doing it, but he, he is. <laughs> I see yeah, every year I say this. Right. And it, I, I, I think I have a couple of shares of him in season long, and it, he actually actually just hasn't burned me at all, really. So, uh, I mean, let's see. Looking into, into the position players a little bit more, Brewers guys that, that might be 
uh, worth looking at. Uh, Hernan Perez, when he's in the lineup, he tends to hit pretty high in the lineup, and uh, he he always seems to just kind of find a way to get on base. You like his stolen base upside. He's got seven steals, and he's not an everyday player. So he's at 2,200. So if he's a guy, you're setting your lineup for, for like the main slate. Don't have to set it uh, early in the afternoon. Uh, Perez is a guy that you'll definitely kind of want to want to – think about as like a sneaky play Aaron Hill is also a decent play at 2700 uh, VR at 3500 he has that steel upside uh, plus he hits at the top of the order so you got to like that a lot and then you know you go into the blue bloods and there's a pretty big drop off in terms of uh, outfielders you got Braun at 4100 then the next highest price is Granderson don't trust Granderson I mean he he's about as all or nothing as it gets at the moment so I'm probably going to avoid the the Mets batters, not just because I'm going to be using Nelson, but because they, they've really just kind of fallen into this funk. Uh, so the, I'm mostly going to be targeting pretty much any any and all brewers kind of on the board for me in this one. Yeah, I have the exact same read, especially for Nelson. He's my favorite pitcher on the board. I write the uh, the FanDuel um, uh, recommended plays uh, you know, article for Rotowire for Thursdays. And spoiler alert. Timmy Nelson's going to be the pitcher that I recommend. Uh, Mets striking out 24.3% of the time against righties, 311 Woba against them. They've, like you said, and they've been worse lately. It's just an offense that seems to have lost its way. So um, I, I'm, I'm 100% in on that. Uh, and, and again, as far as the Brewers bats go, uh, I like the Perez call. VR, uh, obviously, just on the upside, if you can fit him in, sure. He's better against lefties than righties, but still switch hitter. So, you know, he can go up and, and take some max. He's been all right from the left side as well. So, um, you know, I, I think I agree with you across the board there. As we move on here, we've got uh, two more, or excuse me, one more 8 10 start here in Minnesota. As the uh, unexciting uh, game as it gets here, the Marlins heading it down to take on the Twins. Tom Kohler taking on bigger Vervin Santana, uh, who has the uh, potential always uh, to, to, you know, throw a gem out there. But we haven't seen it a lot lately. Uh, again, a game where you're going for the bats. I'm assuming uh, that. It- and and at that, I'm still probably not going to be getting many of these bats into my lineup. It, it, it's probably going to be a thing where if I'm making like my second or my third lineup, maybe I'll start mixing in some of this game, but really not a whole lot to like uh, overall. Usually I do kind of like Dozier, uh, but only when he's going against lefties. So at 3,500 with a righty-righty matchup where he where he has a pretty decent probability of giving you a goose egg from, from that price, uh, that's really going to kind of sink your sink your lineup. That's so much money to be spending on zero. So Dozier's generally the only uh, twin, uh, like mid-tier price guy that I'll go for. Eduardo Nunez has been uh, like white hot lately. I mean, he's got uh, in his last four games well uh, twenty well over twenty points, two thirty-point games in his last four. So you you like that? But I mean, I don't trust Stanton right now. He looks lost. Uh, Robbie Grossman's a guy that uh, it's sort of like a cat's out of the bag thing. He, I loved playing Robbie Grossman; he was twenty five hundred, but at thirty one hundred, uh, not as much anymore. So there's just there's not enough uh, matchups to take advantage of in this one, whether it's pricing or whether it's platoon lefty righty, uh, for me to really get excited about this one either way. Very very similar take. I'm not starting either of these pitchers. If I had to choose one, I guess I'd start Irv, but. Uh, I'm staying away. I don't like a lot of the values on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Derek Dietrich at 3,000 is 
fine. You know, it's not super exciting, but against the righty, it's okay. Uh, Prado at 3,100 hits righties well. He's always can see he's not going to break the bank for you, but he'll, you know, put up, he won't give you a goose egg usually and, and can put up some all right numbers. But I'm with you, just a, a thoroughly unexciting game <laughs> from start to finish. Uh, a little bit of a better one out of 10 10 as we round out the night. The Indians and Josh Tomlin in his 8 and 1 somehow record. I don't know how he's doing it. Taking on Nate Carnes and the Mariners. Uh, what do you think about this one? Is there any value with these two pitchers, two of the somehow better pitchers on the board today? Yeah, I mean, generally, uh, unless I have a very strong inkling one way or the other, uh, it, when you have two pitchers that are in that sort of upper echelon, you know, like, I mean, I'm not necessarily comparing this to like a, a Kershaw versus Arietta, but the, uh, <laughs> along, it's so along close, the, though. It's like right there. <laughs> Right. Uh, but, you know, along the same lines where the, these guys are very similar skilled and like they, they both kind of have that potential to, to throw uh, some quality, you know, like a quality start. So I'm probably going to avoid that because this game I look at as, as a bit of a coin flip because Cleveland can can go to sleep uh, on offense sometimes. And then other times, you know, you turn around and they're putting up 10 runs. So they're a very kind of volatile offense, and Carnes has been really solid. So it's tough to parse uh, whether you're gonna whether you're gonna get that win probability with Josh Tomlin or Nate Carnes here. Uh, and then you know a guy like Robbie Cano, you like his price a lot, but his uh, his splits at home compared to on the road, uh, not as obviously just not doing his best work at Safeco. I mean, not to say that that as a knock against him because Safeco is a pretty tough place to hit unless you're pretty much Nelson Cruz, uh, but he, you know, 3,600 for Cano. That, that's something that that's interesting. Uh, Kyle Seeger, I think at 3,300 is a really nice value. Actually, uh, let's see here. Uh, Lindor at 3,600. Yeah. So the, the the prices for the bats are a bit deflated in this one. So there is kind of some sneaky value if you if you keep looking around in it. And you know, a guy like Seth Smith. Uh, going against a righty, he's probably going to be batting second in the order. He usually does when they face right-handed uh, pitchers. So that that's something that you might want to consider. But, you know, at the same time, he's a guy that, you know, outside of his 53-point game uh, a few starts ago, what has he really done for you lately? I mean, it, it's always like a tantalizing thing because he's always so cheap and he gets that platoon advantage. But, uh, you're not, you know, you can easily get burned by a guy like him as well. Yeah, I, I agree completely. It's a shame because it, it you would like to, to start some of these guys. But, I mean, Tyler Nakin, if he's in the lineup, lefty-righty matchup there, he's been okay. You know, he's not going to hit a lot of home runs or steal bases, but, you know, he, he's batting three thirty eight for what it's worth. Um, it's just, like you said, Rajai Davis at 3,000. Uh, you know, not the best righty-righty, but still you've got some speed upside there. But um, really, I agree, just not a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, the Indians, like you said, it's such a – I mean, they're in first place. They're getting it done. It's just such a strange concoction of, of how it's working offensively. I mean, Lindor, who's like 21 or 22 or whatever and is, is, is you know, first full season and only second season in the majors, is, is their best hitter by far. It's really – a it's a really interesting, you know, kind of way they're getting it done. They're going to have to, I think, what I would think, add a bat, uh, you know, if they're really going to get 10, though. I think so, too. Yeah. Always fun to get a, a touch of real baseball talk in when you're getting the, the Threw DFS me off almost. <laughs> I know, right? You weren't ready for it. John, this is fun, man. I had a good time. I appreciate you hopping in for Benny this week. 
Yeah, man, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, so hopefully John and I will be doing it again too. And um, obviously we will be back with the RotoWire DFS podcast again tomorrow for you as we are every day. I will be back next week. John, when are you back on? Are you on again soon? I will be traveling on Friday. So you, usually I'm, I'm on the Friday one with Paul Bruno, but uh, Chris Benzine, Crispy, is going to be filling in for me on Friday morning. So that, get you ready for that weekend slate. And then I will officially be back uh, Tuesday with uh, Jake for, for that Tuesday slate. Nice. I like crispy. Crispy and Jake ski. You like the skis on the end there. It's good. Um, Lots of skis up here. Yeah. And look, all the Friday people, they get you today. So you get, you get John a day early, which is good. So again, John, John McKechnie, I really appreciate it for John. I'm James Seltzer. I'll be back with you next week. We will be back with RotoWire DFS podcast for you again tomorrow. Everyone, good luck. Go out, win some money. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.